when you go from from one place to another on on vacation, do you ever get souvenirs? I remember growing up, going on trips with my family, and my parents would usually let me get something at a gift shop or or a store that would help me remember and mark where I was. Often it was a postcard, but I can also remember getting souvenirs like a like a colonial flag from Williamsburg or a shark tooth necklace from the aquarium. And this continued when I was older, too, in, in doing vacations um, with, with me. I can remember getting a handmade cross in, in Nicaragua. I, can, uh, I, I remember getting a Real Madrid soccer scarf in, uh, in Spain. Souvenirs are one of the ways that you show you've been somewhere. A reminder of a place or event. They're a way to say, I've been here and, and I want to I carry the experience with me. What about Jesus' resurrection? It's an event that happened in the past that we believe. We weren't there for it literally, but in some way through faith. And we experience its effects, at least we're supposed to. What's the souvenir, so to speak? Now, I'm not talking about some type of like miniature empty tomb replicas or uh, white uh, cloths or robes or shrouds. That would be kind of weird if they sold those as souvenirs in Jerusalem. I've never been, so I don't know. <laughs> what is it that shows that we are carrying Jesus' resurrection with us, in us? The truth is, Jesus' resurrection isn't only a historical event in the past to be believed. There's more there than meets the eye. It's, it's also a reality to be lived out right now through actions of love. In fact, love in action and in truth is how we show that Jesus isn't just alive broadly speaking, but alive in us. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, grow us, transform us, that we might bear fruit for you and live for your kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture reading for this morning comes from 1 John. 1 John chapter 3, verses 11 through 24. I invite you to listen for God's word. This is the message that you heard from the beginning. Love each other. Don't behave like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he kill him? He killed him because his own works were evil, but the works of his brother were righteous. Don't be surprised, brothers or sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have been transferred from death to life because we love the brothers and sisters. The person who does not love remains in death. Everyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know love. Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. But if a person has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and that person doesn't care, 
How can the love of God remain in him? Little children, let's not love with words or speech, but with action and truth. This is how we will know that we belong to the truth and reassure our hearts in God's presence. Even if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. Dear friends, if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence in relationship to God. We receive whatever we ask from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. This is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love each other as he commanded us. The person who keeps his commandments remains in God, and God remains in him. And this is how we know that he remains in us, because of the spirit that he has given to us. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. 1 John has a lot of love for such a little letter. Chapter 3 begins with, see what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called God's children, and that is what we are. It makes you, makes you wonder, what kind of love? Later on in chapter 3, we come to the beginning of our scripture passage for this morning. This is the message that you heard from the beginning, love one another. Again, it makes, it makes you wonder, what kind of love? Then the writer says, this is how we know that we have been transferred or brought from death to life because we love the brothers and sisters. The person who does not love remains in death. Again, it makes you wonder what kind of love. And then John answers that question. What kind of love has the Father given us? What kind of love when we love one another? What kind of love shows that we've been brought from death to life? This is how we know what kind of love. Jesus laid down his life for us, so we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Let us not love with words and speech, but with action and truth. Love in action. That's the kind of love. I'm reminded of the the five love languages. If you're not familiar, the five love languages is one of the most helpful, tried and true resources for for couples. It's something that I use in premarital counseling and something I always recommend to couples who are seeking to to enrich their, their marriage. And the idea behind the five love languages is that we all give and receive love in preferred ways. Like some of us experience love best when someone speaks words of affirmation over us or when we receive a gift. So in a healthy relationship, each person seeks to share love in a language or a way that the other person appreciates and understands best. And the five love languages, according to uh, Gary Chapman, are words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, physical touch, and receiving gifts. Well, 1 John seems to be pretty clear that the love language the church most needs to speak, the love language that the world most needs to Receive is just one. Action and truth. Action and truth. This is because that's the way God showed God's love for us. Jesus laid down his life for us. Jesus laid down his life on the cross, yes, but, but really this idea of laying down his life characterizes his entire ministry. Love as action and truth defined his mission. That was the Jesus way. Whether healing people or, or casting out demons or, or 
eating with tax collectors and prostitutes and sinners, welcoming the outcast, teaching about God's kingdom, Jesus gave himself away in love. It was a love in action and truth. There was no, it was the thought that counts with Jesus. It was the action that counted. And it climaxed with his death on the cross. Love is known in action. It is through God's action in sending Jesus into the world and through Christ's action of laying down his life for us that we know love and know how to love. Great, okay, pastor, but I thought this was a sermon series about Jesus' resurrection. What does Jesus' resurrection have to do with love and action and truth? Well, if Jesus' death, if Jesus' laying down his life on the cross shows us the love we're called to, then his resurrection validates and empowers the love we're called to. If Jesus' death on the cross shows us the love we're called to, his resurrection validates and empowers the love that we're called to. If Jesus' death on the cross and his ministry show us the way of love, his resurrection proves, affirms, honors this way as the way. The way. We talked about Jesus' resurrection meaning lots of, of different things. One of the things Jesus' resurrection meant was a complete vindication, validation of his life, his ministry, his death. Jesus had claimed to be the Messiah, the, the promised anointed one who would deliver God's people from their sins. That claim seemed to, to be baseless when he was condemned and crucified. How could a convicted blasphemer be the Messiah? How could a Messiah die like that? Jesus had lived his life in a peculiarly beautiful way that was revolutionary and, and told everyone this is the best way to live, you know, to turn the other cheek, to love your enemy, to, to forgive, to serve. This way of life is life abundant. That way of life seemed to be condemned and mocked and spit upon when he was crucified. How could a way of life that leads to a painful and humiliating death really be life abundant, really be life, really be really living? But all of this, all of this was vindicated when Jesus was raised from the dead. Jesus' resurrection validated everything about him. It was an affirmation of his righteousness and life of faithfulness and love. He really was the Messiah, God's son. God raised him from the dead. His, his way of living and loving was the true right way. God raised him from the dead. If his resurrection invalidated, if his resurrection validated everything, we should probably pay attention to what he said, what he did, and how he did it. We should probably pay attention to how he loved. And this is so important. This is so important because 1 John also reminds us that the way that we know, the way that we know that we have moved from death to life, the way that we know we're not trapped in the tomb of death, not literal death, but a dead life, and have come out with Jesus in a new resurrection life, the way we know the resurrected king is raising us to new life is by loving and action and truth. If Jesus' resurrection validated 
love in action is God's kind of love, then our loving in action in truth validates Jesus being alive in us. It's what shows that Jesus' resurrection isn't just simply a uh, relegated to the past like an artifact, but is a living reality in and through us. It's what shows we truly believe in a risen Savior. What is the truth of Jesus' resurrection if not believing that living a life of sacrificial love and action is the very starting point for this new life in Christ? When we act lovingly, when we act lovingly, it is nothing less than the love of God through the risen Christ pulsing through us, through our hands and feet and hearts. We are the channels through which the risen Christ operates in the world. And we haven't just, we haven't just been born anew into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, as 1 Peter says. We've been born anew into a living love through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Living things have to move or they die. A living thing not engaged in some kind of action is not alive. A living love is not just talking about love, but practicing it. It's a love that looks like laying down our lives for others, selfless, sacrificial. It's a love that moves us to to share of our material possessions when we see someone in need. It's a love that moves us to respond to needs that we see where we live. It's a love that, that moves us to serve even when it might be inconvenient. It's a love that moves us to go visit someone lonely. It's it's a love that moves us to listen and be present with someone experiencing pain or loss. It's a love that moves us to make disciples like Jesus commands us to do and not just socialize and consume spiritual goods from within the four walls of a building. It's a love that moves us to stand in solidarity with and advocate for those oppressed and on the margins. It's a love that moves us not just to share the, the gospel with someone who feels far from God, but to share our very lives with them. It's a love that moves us to invite a new neighbor over to our house for, for dinner. It's a love that moves us to, to forgive the person who wronged us. It's a love that compels us to, to actually welcome all people and not just say that we do. It's a love that looks like putting together Easter bags for seniors in our community or delivering food boxes or passing out school lunches to families. Love in action pointing to the risen Christ. Jesus alive in us. When we love in action and truth, God honors and celebrates that and ensures that it is not done in vain, but is a very lasting mark of of new life, just like with Jesus' resurrection. It makes me think of of an old hymn. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way, right? He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. It's a wonderful hymn, it's a beautiful hymn. And with all due respect to this wonderful hymn, what if people didn't even have to ask us how we know that Jesus lives? What if it was beautifully and unmistakably obvious? What if we loved in action and in truth so much that it was clear 
It was clear the risen Christ lived in us and was active, moving in the world. Because make no mistake, people will look at us. If we say we're Christians and belong to a church, people watch. People watch the church to see what we are doing or not doing right now. Especially when we're proclaiming, Christ is risen. Oh, really? The painful reality, there was a survey that just, uh, there was a, a study that just came out a couple weeks ago. The painful reality is that people are leaving the church or not giving the church the time of day because they're not seeing the kind of love and action from us that would suggest that Jesus is alive and making any difference in our lifestyle. One sociologist even characterizes this decline in church involvement as an allergic reaction to the church and what Christians are saying and doing lately. In short, too many people are not experiencing the kind of love that won, the kind of love that Jesus modeled and God vindicated. We can preach the good news about Jesus' death and resurrection, about God's love, and we must do that. But it will ring hollow if we are not loving people in actionable ways that are consistent with this good news. Unless we are willing to follow in the example of Jesus, which God validated by raising Jesus from the dead, then we really haven't understood Jesus or his resurrection. Unless we are willing to, to sacrifice ourselves, our comfort, our privilege for the good of the other, we've missed something big. You know, it wasn't lost on me this week that, that our church's mission is to live like family and to love like Jesus. Love like Jesus. What were we thinking? That's a dangerous mission statement. Not just because people are going to be watching carefully to see if we actually do that. But because to truly live that out means we actually have to love like Jesus did. And he loved in action and truth. He didn't just pay lip service to compassion. He laid down his life for others. That was his way. And, and God put in an exclamation point of validation on this kind of love by raising Jesus from the dead. Friends, the good news is this risen, vindicated, victorious Jesus is with us and promises to be with us always to help and empower us to get to the do part of love. When we proclaim and celebrate Christ is risen, we're not just naming a historical event that happened in the past. We're naming a reality to be lived out right now through our concrete actions of love. Maybe we are the souvenirs. A picture, a reminder, not just that the resurrection happened, but what it can do now. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.